<laughs> it's been a long day, man. It's been a long day. Tell me about it. Been been getting after it. You know, um, you know what's weird? Episode twenty six. Episode twenty six, Bromo. Podcast? I think. I don't know. When I was a kid, and you'd go to the gas station, I love the smell of gasoline. I I know it's a super random, but now that I'm an adult, I can't stand the smell. I got gasoline on my hands this morning, and I've had gasoline smell all day. Next question: Did you try washing your hands, dude? Seventeen times. I okay. even what I what we did when we were like coming up was if you had like gasoline smell, you would take a lime or a lemon uh, and scrub it. Great, keep talking. Why are you? Te- why are you like a little closer? I'm trying to make sure. We're Man, both. I, t- mean, I'm, 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 I mumble. Don't a touch lot. when I'm talking. I mumble. I'm trying to make sure I'm that knock this shit off the table. You, I, you pronounce better than me. So. Yeah, man, I did everything. I did the lime on the finger. I, I washed my hands did with Crisco? lime. Did you try Crisco? I didn't go with Crisco because I was at work and I was like, that's going to be a little bit weird. All right. But is there like, I had to Google this shit and I was shocked at how many like different ways there are to get gasoline smell off your hands. I didn't think that was an actual. Did you try Purell? Could you find any Purell? Bro, I did regular pump. I did the, the I did, I sprayed my hands with Lysol at one point. I did, um, uh, like the bacteria killer thing, like the you know the one we have right here, the gel. Purell. I don't. I don't think I had any Purell. That's Purell. The bacteria. Yeah, well, that's the except it was in a spray, like a little. So, the point is, man, don't get. There's that noise. Don't get. Don't get gasoline on your hands or learn how to pump gas. Maybe that wouldn't happen, but it's a fucking weird way to start my day, man. Gasoline on your hands, huh? Yeah, it just put me like in a weird place. Like I got to work and I was kind of like. Like, I just started obsessing about it. Like, what the fuck, man? How do I get this shit off my Not like Ronnie to obsess about something. <laughs> well, you know, it's yeah. what it is. So, yeah, you know, I just, uh, so, yeah, it's been a long day. Got up this morning. Of course, I worked out. And Nobody then, cares, uh, but go ahead. And then uh, went down to Houston Open. We had a couple of athletes competing and uh, watched a few matches. And it was there most of the afternoon. Our guys did pretty well. And uh, I was pretty proud. Andrew, not a shock, won his division. Taylor did well. He lost in the semis. I thought I really thought he was better than that guy. He should have. He could have beat that guy, but uh, just the way the match went, you know, how competition goes. Sometimes yeah. you, you get to a bad spot. You just it's hard to recover from it. Plus, I think he was a little tired from the first match. He had a hard first match. And uh, that first IBJJF competition is always a, a killer because if um, there's so many people competing and there's so many people around, uh, like the adrenaline dump from that first shot, like it's it's such a hard thing to get through. It really drains you, and it's hard if you're not used to it. It's really hard to recover for a second or third match. Like, man, so I think that's kind of what Taylor was suffering through a little bit. Like, he just was not explosive like he normally is. Because we all roll with him, and even though he's a white belt, he's yeah, tough, he's, man. He's, he's tough strong. Dude, man. He's explosive. His technique is is good. Like, he really, you know, he he's going to be really good at jujitsu, and um, he, I think he just lost his uh, his strength and and and. Uh, Endurance after that first match is what it looked like, but they did great. Like they did great. Drew, Drew did really good. I wasn't surprised at all. He cut weight. I didn't realize how much he cut weight down to. I thought I saw him the other day. He, he was down to two, He was down at two oh eight. He went to two oh eight for this one. Dude, funny story about Drew. Uh, I don't know if it was like it was sometime this week. I saw him. He was getting ready to get on the mats. He's wearing his gi and he didn't have a rash guard on. Uh-oh, so no. I look at him. No, no, it's it's because I, I told Brian about it. Oh, yeah. So like I see him and he's not wearing a rash guard. 
So I was like, hey, Drew, come here. And I point at rule number five on the board, which is the whole rash guard thing. And he goes, oh, he's like, professor told me not to wear it so I can get used to it. So like, because I'm competing. Uh, and I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, I told you, I forgot. I was like, yeah, man, do your thing. Because they had told him that in Taylor. Well, I, I had saw him not wearing a rash guard the other day. And I just was like, I'm not, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, eh, I'm not. Yeah, not, you don't care about it. I hate to say this. The, the teacher was out, so the substitutes were there. So I just kind of <laughs> let it go. And... uh yeah, so not I, just, this guy. I just snitched myself out to Brian. I'm letting shit go. No, but, no. Uh, law, and, law and order over here? I was like, hey, shh, over here. What's rule number five? And he was like, uh, Professor Bryce? And I was like, oh. I was like, all right. You may proceed. I, you know, I'll tell you what's funny. I saw several people. I saw at least three people have to hobble off the mat from uh, foot locks today. Wow. Yeah, it was a couple toe holds and I think a straight ankle I saw. And I didn't hear anything pop, but... These guys weren't walking. They were they were hobbling off the mat. They get helped off the mat. Like at least it was two black belts and a female purple belt. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Like the footlocks are kind of. It's fun to watch these tournaments to kind of see the trend yeah. of what's starting to pick up. And you just see like, you know, I remember when the beer and bolo phase was going on. Everybody was hitting beer and bolos at competitions. Now all of a sudden it looks like the the footlock is starting to kind of come back. Guys are attacking feet a little more aggressively, and not just using them for sweeps and setups, but to actually finish and I saw a couple you know it was a high level there's two high level black belt matches where I saw it happen and uh, I was like huh I mean, it was it's pretty interesting man I saw some I saw some good fights there was no real big names out there um, I don't know like the it seems like our the big names that come to Houston are kind of trailing off we don't get yeah. have any big names anymore but uh, it's still really good some really good competitors um, you know talking about that whole first tournament thing like when you do like your first one uh one of my actual first tournaments was, uh, I, I, you'll probably know what it's called. I, it's a thing where they invite a bunch of cops. Um, everybody goes to Austin, and it's almost like I think it's called the Cop Games or something. Police games. That one. So you can bring a guest. Yep. And so Forrest brought me, mm-hmm. and when it was a jujitsu tournament. It was my first one. I just got my blue, and uh, you know, um, it was like in a conference room. And it turns out that it wasn't very organized. Like, no. literally, we get there, and, and they were like, well, who can ref? Like, they're literally looking around for, like, anybody that could ref. So, like, some higher belts kind of jumped on, and Forrest ended up refing half the day, and some other brown belt. And so, it just it was, like, it was just weird. But my first match was in Gi, and uh, I get this. And it wasn't even, like, a bracket system. It was just kind of like, okay, you're a blue belt, you're a blue belt, let's put these guys together. So, weight-wise, it was just, like, all over the place. And I got this plug of a dude, man, just this yoked out guy. And I, we were both blue butts. So I was like, all right, whatever. We literally, and I, I found the video recently. <laughs> no, I'm not going to post it. It's five minutes of us. You have to post it. Grip now, fighting. Right? We're grip fighting. You need to put it on fast forward and we'll post it to the page. It was so terrible. It was five minutes of us holding each other. It was three minutes of us holding each other with about two minutes of actually getting into the ground. He got two points. I got two points. He got two points. I got two points. Clock runs out, and there's like a like it was like a minute overtime or something. And I'll never forget. I walk over to Forrest, and I'm spent. Like I'm done. Like I'm. Hey, can we go home? Done. Right, right. I put my arms on Forrest, and I and he's like, all right. He's like, you got one minute. He's like, you know, we we just gotta get. It's the first point to win, and I'm just like, I I can't I can't breathe. I can't I can't feel my arms. Like my forearms yeah. were on. Fire. I literally could not make a grip. I couldn't breathe. And then, you know, Forrest, he's like, he's like, yeah, don't worry about that. He's like, he's like, I just need you to go in there. Just one more minute. Get this takedown or get get one point. 
And uh, sure enough, you know, we get in there. Blue belts, by the way. We lock up. He tries to pull. I kind of get into this weird, shitty, like, half-assed, terrible knee-cut pass. He does something, and next thing I know, dude, he goes after my my foot. Toehold. Mm-hmm. He goes for a toehold, and when he goes for it, I was like, oh, shit, all right, well. Because, you know, it's usually the second guy that catches it, and I catch this dude in a toehold, and I submit him with the toehold in overtime. First match of the day. But, like, it's funny because you're talking about today, the trend being back to footlocks. Well, this... We shouldn't have been doing toeholds at this tournament. Like, it was literally the rules meeting was like, you guys want to do, like, leg locks? All right, cool. When the higher belts went, like the purples and browns, first match, somebody got their knee blown out. I believe it. So then they were like, all right, uh, do no y'all still? They were, no, well, they, they were like, hey, do y'all still want to do footlocks? And they were like, well, yeah, you can't change the rules in the middle of the tournament. Yeah, so, you, you know, it was like all the higher belts, it was all, like, heel hooks and stuff they were doing. I was doing... A toehold as a, I won my first match with a toehold as a blue belt. Had no feelings in my arms for the rest of the day, but like, man, that, yeah, that first tournament, man, that first match is the one that'll get you because you'll exert so much energy. You have that stupid dump, and then you're like, all right, you got maybe two minutes to rest if you're lucky, and then you got to go right back out there again. So I kind of feel like I know exactly what Taylor must have went through because that first one, yeah. But once you get that first one in your system, that first tournament, then it's just like, ah, uh, you know. A little bit better. I, I know, Well, you know what to expect. Yeah. The worst thing that happens to me, I always get super dehydrated after my first fight. Like, it'll be like, I'll be two minutes in and suddenly, it doesn't matter how much water I've had. doesn't matter. Nothing matters. I, my mouth will go super dry and I'll be like, I can't wait to finish the fight just so I can get some water. Oh, you're talking about during the fight. Yes, I'll feel it during Shit. the fight. It's so weird. Like, I just get dehydrated. I mean, it must be all these muscles, like, sucking all that stuff I'm up. seeing all the water, all those fake muscles, those gym muscles. Yeah. Yeah, that's just probably not it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have that problem. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's happened to me a couple times. And then when I get done, all I can think about is somebody, please give me some water. or ga- Usually Gatorade is the best if I got another fight coming up. I need those electrolytes and sugar yeah. and stuff. But, man... So this was an IBJJF tournament, yeah, right? It's the Houston Open. Okay, so it's always well run. That's the good thing about it. It's well run. It's pretty much on time, um, so it's good. I hear you know nothing but great things when people talk about IBJJF in the sense of like how organized it is. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what your bracket looks like. You know exactly what well give or take a few minutes. You know exactly when you're going to compete. But it's 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 a well oiled machine. So for all the good that I hear about it, it, it kind of makes me wonder because. I guess like with everything, you got to take the good and the bad because here recently a bunch of athletes got their um, registration, I guess, or their, is, it, what, is that what it would be called? They got um, their... They're not recognized by... Yes, BJJ. so they were they got their stuff suspended basically because they're not being recognized by IBJJF because they were all under the umbrella of the... Which basically BJ. means they can't compete in the IBJJF competitions So proper association. Did you... I read this long thing that the Globetrotters put out, or you read it to me. I think well, you we should set it up, right? Yeah. So Globetrotters got a letter from IBJJF saying that their athletes will no longer be recognized because they expect, you know, because they're not being directly monitored or trained by their professors. These are people they just see during camps. Yeah. And they get promotions at camps that IBJJF isn't going to recognize it. I think it's funny, though, it comes on the tail end. Or it comes right after Globetrotters came out with that belt Bell checker, checker thing. Yeah. And suddenly this pops up. And it, I can't help but think there's some connection to that. The timing seems it very, seems very yeah, odd, right? Like, and I could be wrong. It could be coincidental. But it just seems weird, the timing of it. 
and I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know why. I, the, the other question I have is who made IBJJF like God of Jiu-Jitsu? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that was my initial thought about this whole thing was I'm indifferent. Like, I don't really give two shits whether you compete at IBJF or not. I, I don't I don't care. I think it sucks for the athletes that aren't going to be recognized um, until they can get that whole thing sorted out. But I think what did bother me was exactly that feeling like how does when how does IBJF have like such a monopoly where, you know, you can do all these local tournaments and, 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 and win goals or whatever, but it's like it's like there's that prestige about, well, you're not shit until you win IB, an IBJJF tournament. And that's the piece that I struggle with is like, why has the community allowed that to be a thing where it's, it's like they have the final say in everything. You know, we've seen cases where there's a lot of favoritism because, you know, of who they are. And now it's like here you just told a bunch of a bunch of athletes that they can't compete under your under your tournaments anymore. Why isn't the community up in arms more where it's like, okay, well, fuck this. Let's boycott them. Nobody's going to do that. Nah. In fact, it's the opposite. Motherfuckers are probably like, oh, my God, sweet. Now there's not going to be 20 people in my division. Maybe there's only going to be four I got a shot. Well, a, a, I mean, metal, Globe Chargers ain't that big. I mean, it's a, it's a small... Globe Chargers is not a huge group. I heard they had a, a, a thousand athletes that were now homeless, so to speak. But, I mean, if you look at that in the grand scheme, that's going to be white through black belt. Like, it's not going to be that big an impact. I don't see a lot of Globe Charter patches at tournaments. I've I never, see a few. dude, I've never met anybody that's like, I train under that, this no, umbrella. I mean, because most, know? there's what, so I went to one Globe Charter camp and it was cool, and, but their guys are really good. Like, I know one of the guys I trained with, um, he's a like 22 year old black belt in Pizza Polaris events, and he's like a highly ranked guy. Um, all their instructors are really good top-notch guys you know they're European guys you know but uh, I mean Americans too but um, yeah it's a nuts thing I, and I they have control over their own events right it's just they're so big and they've become like the go-to events for most jiu-jitsu athletes because of how well run they are everybody just they just they just it has grown into what it is um, but they only have control over their events this doesn't control like EBI or Naga or Right. Grappling games, or you name the other event, it doesn't control <laughs> those or fight to win or or whatever. They promote they're these sub only promotions. It doesn't have any control over that. Like you know, uh, Gordon Ryan was competing in EBI, like as a five year black belt or whatever it was, and but he still couldn't compete in IBJJF tournaments because they wouldn't recognize his black belt because he hadn't been training the minimum number of years for them to recognize it. Oh no shit. Yeah. But didn't he win Nogi Worlds like the late year? recently? Yeah, but when he, but he first came okay. on, yeah, he had to wait a couple of years before they would even recognize his black belt, okay. and that's ridiculous. When he's he's beating the top athletes in the world, and John Danaher and Henzo Gracie are giving him a black belt, like I that's mean, pretty legit. That's like, pretty fucking yeah, legit, like, right? You know, I mean, so I don't know. I mean, JJF is just growing into a powerful organization, but they only have control over their stuff. It's just they do so much. And, and yeah, the tournaments, the rule sets are, they are what they are. They're kind of old school jujitsu. Right. And you I, have world champions based on, on a penalty on an advantage these days. It's just like, Yeah, uh, and so it is what it is. It's a, it's truly sport jujitsu. It, it is what it is. It's truly sport jujitsu. Yeah. But it's just so well run. And all the top athletes go there. 
So it's always, I mean, it's, it's a good experience when you compete at IBJJF events. So I had dinner with a mutual friend of ours last night, and I, he was telling me that he's got it on good authority that the reason that this whole thing became a thing was because, again, uh, secondhand information that the Globetrotters, what they were doing was they were basically giving out their password and login to athletes that needed to be under an umbrella to to register to compete at an IBJJF mm-hmm. um, event. And when IBJJF found out, that's when they were like, hold up. Like, you can't just have people just using your stuff to be recognized in our federation. Right. I don't know if there's any truth to that. That's what I was just told last night, which all of it kind of somewhat made sense that I guess I could see that happening. But at the same time, I'm like, I see what Professor Brian does here. And I just, I can't imagine that someone would be like, Hey man, I'm coming in town. Can you just get me registered for this tournament? Like, I don't see Professor Brian do something like that. Yeah, but Globetrotters but, is so different. Like, it's such yeah, a and different I don't, I don't organization. Know where they're, they're, it's it's a very, <laughs> it's a good time, but it's it's a it's a different vibe than yeah. what you're used to, than what we're used to with jujitsu with the with the with their little community. And I didn't know it when I went, but like, yeah, they all go to these same camps, like all together all the time. And there's so many camps. And um, so it's like a, they have their own little community, so to speak. Yeah. I don't know another word for it. So I could totally see them doing that. And I could totally see them thinking it's legit. And I was, I, this is my point as well. You know, if they're a legit, if they're a legit black belt and their main, their main uh, training or whoever, they, they kind of do Ronin. Because there's a lot of, with the Globetrotters too, people can actually connect with other people in other countries and like crash on their couch and mm. train at their gyms. Like it's like it's almost set to like backpack jujitsu yeah. throughout the world. So there's a lot of that going on. So guys may not even be under a specific affiliation. They just like to train a lot and so they train mostly with Globetrotter affiliated schools and then they that's kind of how they get their training in and then because these instructors all communicate like their top guys all communicate with each other they because i saw a couple of promotions when i was uh, at, at a globe charter camp they'll promote they'll get together and they'll promote a couple of guys at some of their camps you know and they kind of look at it like that so they're being it's not like they're being what not watched or supervised or seen it's just the way they do it's a little different and uh i thought it was petty of ibjjf to to do that to their athletes because um, if they if they're at that level and they can compete let them compete if they get beat, they get beat. If they win, they win. Like I don't see what you know what I'm saying. Like if they yeah. if they can show that they're training and they have some there's some there's something there that shows they're training and they're at that level, let them compete. Like why? I, I think it's uh, I thought it was a little petty, but I mean if they're doing something that's against IBJJF rules, I don't know if that is. Then I can see it, but I I thought it was petty because those guys can they should be allowed to compete and it only makes your events better. Yeah. You know, like and you're why limit more, money, more yeah. money? Why limit the number of competitors? Yeah. You don't have to. Whatever happened with this whole Hickson Cup? Remember, Hickson started his whole. I have no idea. He, he did. He, started he had his another federation, and it was going to be. I don't remember what the whole thing was with that, but it was weird. Like like it was almost out. like anti IBJJF yeah. because he was sick of like, like you know the that, sport, the, the sport, sport aspect, side of it, yeah. and. Um, I remember the rule set was going to be a little bit different. The, 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 the thing I remember sending out to me about that federation was that it was supposed to be where there would be no advantages. Like it was just, that, that was like I, the big but thing. But it's been a few years since that came out. Yeah, I wonder started. if there's still a, I think it died. I don't ever remember hearing anybody say, hey I'm man, are sure we going died. to the, you unless competing like, at the Hickson Cup? Unless there's like three people in it. You know, the only thing I remember about the Hickson Cup is that there's a video online with um, the Mendes brothers 
literally dancing around people, Ugh. murking people at the first ever Hickson Cup. It was so terrible for the other people to watch, but it was the most beautiful thing you'll ever see in your life. If you guys have a chance, go to YouTube and type in... Miss um, the Mendes Brothers. Mendes Brothers Hickson Cup. Oh my God, it's one of the greatest highlight videos you'll ever see in your life. God, they put music miss, to it. I miss those guys competing and Cabrina and all... God, those are some amazing matches. Mm -hmm. like they, their their jujitsu is so beautiful. And I don't, th I don't even know anybody that's comparable to them right now with their with their jujitsu you know like the, just the beauty of it like they really made it an art form yeah and it yeah. was the art of jujitsu was the legit, best yeah literally like that, they were the art of jujitsu they and really were man. i miss i miss those guys competing because they did stuff that was just just yeah. looked amazing i mean i mirrored my game after them so uh, yeah. oh wait you're not gonna let me finish no good yeah yeah so you know it's, i'm they're like my heroes and you know i like to move just like them. oh bullshit <laughs> so Anyway, you know, moving on to the next topic. So, <laughs> competing wise. Uh, so, sorry. what's going on with the? So, I guess all in the news today is lately, the coronavirus doesn't seem to want to go away. Yeah. To the point now, it's affecting uh, sporting events around the country, including, uh, I guess, Third Coast Grappling had to completely yeah, change their have, lineup yeah. for because of this coronavirus. Man, thing. they had some heavy hitters lined up at this event that's going to go down, I believe, next Saturday. Is that what we said? The Today? 14th. Yeah, the 14th. That is. yeah. And so it was weird because um, when we first talked about it, our professor literally almost was like, it was funny, it was like breaking news. Like we were in the middle of class, we got a water break, and he came back in and he was like, hey, literally just got this. They're pretty much initially they had they were going to scrap the the event for the 14th because mm -hmm. a whole bunch of their athletes weren't going to be flown in. What I was confused about was I didn't understand initially if it was a voluntary thing from a safety standpoint where uh, Third Coast took a stand and said, "Hey, for safety reasons, we don't think it's going to be flying people all over right now with this virus going around," or I also had heard that there was travel restrictions that they had put on the athletes and, and they couldn't get to 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 Houston or whatever and that what was affecting it and when they lost a bunch of names they were like we're just gonna scrap the whole thing I don't, I don't really know all the details but professor basically said that they were going to salvage the event by making it like an all Texas um, event so there's gonna be some pretty cool stuff from from what I've seen still I it looks almost like Brian's going to be the headliner from what I saw just yeah. a few minutes ago. It'll still be a good event. I mean, it's not what it was. You know, I mean, I didn't, any time, you know, obviously Gordon Ryan and was it Gaudio? How do I say his name? I, I don't know how to say his name, but that that was going to be a Gaudio, hell of a fight. Right that was pretty, this is going to be awesome. Man, that dude was owning, owning is a strong word. He was beating um, Ryan at uh, ADCC. ADCC trials and literally was up on points and Gordon pulled off some crazy shit with like seconds to go and took his back and beat him just barely. That dude, he, I think it would have been, well, but then again, you know, that was like three years ago and, you know, Gordon seems like every time that he goes up against someone that maybe had got the best of him. Except or, for one guy. Felipe Pena, don't bring that dude up. That's his kryptonite. But, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to hear it. But like, yeah, man, it was going to be a really good card and so, um, now they're doing like a, a Royal Rumble match, I think with blues or purples. I don't. I think it's blues. Did you hear about this? How it's good. They did something like this before, though, like a couples match. They did a couples match. Yeah, yeah. They did. That couples. was like a. That was that to me was. Um, it I was extremely confusing. I didn't because watch it. I don't know. I it was. It was. A, it was a weird setup. It was. I like the idea of it, 
but it They're didn't make sense. They're experimenting, which yeah. is cool. Like, uh, it's cool to try to experiment and bring something fun and new in. I get it. Because you're bringing in high-level stuff anyway. So throw in an experimental match to see how it works out. There's nothing wrong with that. If it works out, cool. If it doesn't, then just let it go and move on to the next. I'm excited to see this whole uh, Royal Rumble Blue Belt match. I think it's Blue Buzz. And my understanding is... They're gonna bring in two dudes. Are they gonna have like buckles? And like, I don't know how that's gonna. Are they work, gonna be able to do like DDTs? My thing though, flying, the stage uh, is usually not really small. Set up small for stage. having like a Royal Rumble. Like someone's going off that stage. I don't think it's you know. But two guys start every minute interval. They're gonna bring in another blue belt. So it's kind of weird because it's it like, kind of like when we play. Uh, yeah, like oh. it's literally like a Royal Rumble. Like there's gonna be strategy someone's involved. Someone's gonna get hurt. I think somebody's gonna. I think get it hurt. might be a bad idea. Well, here's the thing. Like um, one of the things you that I have a lot of refs in there. One of the things that I find interesting is when I warm up the kids and they're running. I play a game with them where I count how many kids are, how many people of us, how many of us total on the mat, and then I'll start shouting out a random number. So I'll say four, and I'll scream it, and everybody has to run to make a pair of four. If you don't make a group of four, you do push-ups. Uh-huh. We start running again, and I'll yell out some other random number. They run, but what I noticed when I first did this game was that. And this was not intentional. I didn't realize how much friendships and alliances were going to be created and destroyed. Like kids that I thought were like besties, when it came down to either making your group or doing push-ups, they were literally, literally Spartan kicking kids out of their group to make their four so they wouldn't have to do push-ups. And I was just like, it was the funniest thing to me because I was like, man, I thought y'all two were besties. Nope, not when it comes to push-ups. This is what I'm thinking about with this blue belt royal thing. It's like... You're going to see real quick alliances form, people that have trained with each other. Because think about it, man. If well, you, I don't know the rule set. I don't know. Well, mine, I, don't, I, I was never a, like a WWE guy growing up. I remember Hulk Hogan and some of the some of those guys. But I was never like into wrestling like, like most kids were. But I remember the Royal Rumble that it was a free-for-all. I was like the last man standing. And the rule set was every minute or two they would bring in somebody else. So... There would be a chance that at some point you would have one of your good buddies on the mats with you. So now you've got to figure God, out. Right? Have each other out. I think yeah. they're going to draw straws for who goes in. And, I don't know. Know. I don't know. It'll, I'm sure it'll be interesting. I'll probably check it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, because this stuff's on YouTube, so you can just pull it up. But um, I don't know. I, I'll give them, I'll give them credit for sure for for trying to bring. Uh, they're they're bringing really high level matches and they're being experimental and trying some different stuff. So I told I told um, I was talking to somebody about this recently about their events and how innovative they are and I said this is probably not a greatest analogy but I said I feel like Third Coast Grappling is like the pizza hut of, of, of promotions and what I mean by that is hold on hear me out <clears throat> hear me out I think that Pizza Hut has some of the most innovative ideas when it comes to their pizza. They do stuff that's just like, wow, how did you guys think about this? But at the end of the day, they, I don't really, I think their pizza's like not very good. It's, it's not. It's greasy. It's, actually, it's, their pizza's terrible. Okay. Right? I, so well, when you, you bring their pizza, yeah, like, I was like, they have like the worst I'm trying to be nice. pizza ever. I'm trying to be nice. I think their Little pizza. Little Caesars is better than oh, Pizza Hut. Oh, God. But the point I'm making is like, I I can appreciate CC's is how better than innovative, Pizza Hut. I can appreciate how innovative Pizza Hut is with their ideas. DiGiorno is better than Pizza Hut. DiGiorno is pretty strong, dude. You're making me hungry. But that's kind of... You know has got good pizza? California Kitchen. Ah, uh, they're a little too... Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Nah. I love California Kitchen pizza. I've been there once or twice. Um, Papa John's is strong. Papa John's is pretty strong. Um, and Domino's is always a sure fun. Hey man, they're there. falling off again. They were no. coming strong. Hold on, they were going strong for a while with their garlic, the the seasoning, the garlic uh-huh. seasoning they were put on the crust. 
That was great. Yeah, really man. I don't know if they're budget had cuts again, but so I got you know I treat my body like a temple. So <clears> yeah, same, same. So if we could stop talking about pizza, that'd be really good. Cause I'm I know like, what Ronnie's doing on his way home. I'm like, oh, pizza, gross. Nobody like, likes that. Dominoes. <laughs> no, actually, we're making. Dinner Can uh, tonight, you so. meet me at my house in about twenty minutes? <laughs> right now, wifey's there. She'll take care of it. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of how I see them. I think they have very innovative ideas. I, I can appreciate the fact that they're experimenting with stuff, but there's things that I don't care for, like you know the the, the stage setup, you know that whole. I've only that, seen it on YouTube. It seems like it's a small. It's setup. extremely small. Um, like here's a here's a small thing that um, I'm not gonna call it criticism, but more you know an observation. It's you know they had uh, the kids um, third coast grappling a few weeks back, and they had it at that same bar. And it was just weird because it's like, why are you having a kids' event at a bar? Mm -hmm. And they were still serving alcohol, which I was like, that doesn't seem like a good idea. And then the chain, the the warm up area was literally like one square mat in a hallway leading you into the restroom. Mm. And it was just kind of like, this is the best way. Well, we I guess they were working it like, out. I mean, but they were still bringing in high level guys and they're paying them. So I mean, I. They're doing something right. There's I'm not, good I'm not disputing that There's at all, but I just feel like their venues sometimes can be a little bit hit and miss. Um, that's the only thing that I would say is like I like their ideas, I like their rule sets because you have a winner. You know, I'm not a fan of these. I'll say it, the submission hunter stuff where like there's a draw. draw. It's like that's that's some weak nut shit. Like it's I bet submission. you they change that eventually because you know I guess fight to win has a winner. I don't think they will. I think that they're in their minds they feel like. This is it's called submission hunter. So if you want to be rewarded, then you need to be hunting for the submission. And I get it; it's a very valid point. But honestly, man, when you get up on that stage, if people go for draws. They'll go for draws. They know they're outmatched. They're like, "Fuck the if money!" You know like, I'm not. I just don't want to get tapped out. You're gonna go for a draw, and that's where they fail as as, as a promotion. Because well, fight to like, win seems like they're doing pretty good. Seth Daniels is being gangster over there, calling everybody out, mm -hmm. sucking up their athletes. <laughs> Oh yeah, they took a bunch of their athletes oh, that, that back. Man. Uh, that day. he's so gangster, dude. He's, he's dude. He's, the, uh, he's something else. His Seth got a great promotion though. His Fight Seth uh, Seth sucks at jujitsu on YouTube. His uh, channel, his, fucking. It's hard not to love it, right? Dude. How can you not love a guy like that? That's like totally. Hey, man, it is what it is. This blue belt today caught me. This is what he totally caught me. Totally self deprecating gets on there. It's great. Yeah, it's I mean, good stuff. He seems like like a like someone you definitely would want to hang out with. Yeah, you know, so, they, so they're doing good stuff there. The, and it just been weird. Is like, so I can't remember which promotion we were trying to figure it out. One just straight up didn't pay their athletes and filed bankruptcy recently. Oh wow! And it was a uh, it's not sub spectrum, but it's something. That you've got Kasai, definitely got Polaris. It's not one of those super sub, high level subversive, ones. Subversive, subverse, or something like that. There's a couple out there right I now. Know, I may have been subversive or something like that. Yeah, it was one with sub in the name, like at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And uh, so all the promoters were just jumping in, uh, banging on him real hard. Like Seth Daniels went hard on the guy. Was like you knew two weeks out or three weeks out or whatever that you didn't have the money because this is how promotions work. You already knew, yeah. and you still did it. And, and it was like um, they went hard on him. I guess they saw like an opportunity to really pile on somebody, so they're like, yeah, because they're all competing with each other, right? They're competing with each other for athletes and events and and things like that. So um, I guess it kind of makes sense, but. Yeah, like there's a little bit of that, you know, when Metamorphs did that. Oh, yeah, that was, a, that turned into a shit show real quick. Man. Let me ask you about that because, like, you know, we always, there's always, like, there's there's always some sort of drama or politics when it comes to jiu-jitsu in the sense of, like, 
a new academy opening up, right? Yeah. Well, who's by there? Am I trying to? Am I too close to this guy? Are we trying to? We you know these this guy feels like you're trying to take students or whatever it is. You know, there's always going to be some hurt feelings there. And we I was talking recently to Holly about this, and she was saying how it doesn't make sense because she was she made it very simple. She said. There's enough jujitsu to go around, and I've heard that from several people. Like, there's enough jujitsu to go around for everybody, mm-hmm. but it seems like these promotions now, like, they're purposely going out of the way to try to like have their events on the same night, where mm-hmm. it becomes like UFC versus boxing. Well, to UFC see who's used to do that. Have... They'll do that with boxing. They were doing that yeah, with. Uh, remember, Affliction had their little promotion. Oh, they would purposely intentionally put their yep. events on the same. Strike Force, mm-hmm. Affliction. So they bought it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they uh... were purpose. But see, that's my thing. It's just like, damn, guys. Like, is it that serious where people can't have a promotion? Business, and... brother. I get it, but if but wouldn't it make more sense I'll for everybody? But wouldn't it make more sense for everybody to say, okay, look, you're having your promotion on this day. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to have it. No, because you're trying to, this money, you're trying to steal money. I mean, it's, it's, I get it, man. It's, it's. But it's, what I'm saying, but I feel like when you, when you purposely try to sabotage each other's events, everyone loses because you could have potentially went from having a whole bunch of money to splitting that, 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 you know, those profits because now. However you want to look at it, there's another promotion going I think on. They look at it like, make... They're looking at it like we're trying to bury that promotion, so they're gone. Mm. So that we like get the all, UFC did then. So we, yeah, so we get all. So that's more for us. That's more athletes for us. That's more people coming to our events. It's more people spending money at our events. It's more people, whatever, tuning in. I'm not sure if they're getting paid off the YouTube stuff, but yeah, probably the advertisers and stuff. It's more money with advertisers. I think it's just about business and about. You know, it's 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 a dog eat dog world. So you're gonna try to suck up as much of it as possible. And if you see an opportunity to bury another organization that is your competitor, you're gonna do it, bro. That's business, man. That's capitalism. Welcome know. to America. I I hear keep you, keep America man, great. Ah, let's build that wall, man. Already, well, 140 miles around. has already been built. I don't know if you heard Trump talking about. It. He said nobody's <laughs> passing through that wall. Everybody going around it. Yes, raise the roof, sir. Um, two-year Trump. I, I don't know, man. I just feel like... I guess because in my eyes, I always think of jiu-jitsu being something like, you know... Wait, how long have you been training? Almost 30 How many years. times we talked about the how we th- what we thought was going on to what we know is going on now? Yes, but still in there, I just want I still want to believe that it inherently that jiu-jitsu is good and that it does it good things. It is good, but it's So I don't business. get this whole like cutthroat attitude where it's like... I'm gonna to try to bury this academy. I'm gonna to try to bury this promotion. It's just like, man. Uh, I don't know if academies yeah. try to bury each other too much. I think they're pretty good about not well, encroaching on each other as best. You they know, can. I've been in academies where people like the instructors will dog out an, another um, an, another academy or mm-hmm. another instructor, and mm-hmm. it's just like, to me, that's the thing that's not cool because I felt like that's a subtle thing you're doing but at the end of the day I feel like if your product is if you have a great product then you don't need to shit on other nope. people's products no I agree that's the thing that I've never enjoyed like hey man it's like you don't have to make fun of other academies or other students I think it's a red train. flag if you got an academy I, I, talking shit about another academy yeah or a professor over there like intentionally not in private conversation where you're like oh this guy because we all know a little dirt here and there yeah, yeah, yeah. but the, um, if you're intentionally with your students making negative comments about another professor at another academy with the intention of that's that's the red flag for me that's a big red flag dude we should totally talk about this next week red flags when joining an academy that's a great topic that's that's that'll take all 45 minutes because that's there's so many things to look for yeah 
not just there's things between not just like that but the way they set the tone with their students uh, the type of students you see running around like the type of attitude you see from their students and how they train and and the mentality of the the cliques and stuff inside of academy yeah. there's so many things to look for that that can make for an unhealthy environment, training environment yeah. um, that's a great topic we'll definitely do that one so I got I think I got a good deer white belt oh, that I picked shit. up on today Isn't so this did is, you I, go? Did was there? There was open mat today, right? I didn't go to open mat because I, I, I lifted and then I, I didn't have time to go to open mat and make it in time for the yeah, matches. Yeah, yeah, so okay. I just I lifted and then I went uh, straight down to Cyprus because it's you know it's like a forty minute freaking drive from here. So what happened? So all right, so dear white belt, when you're at your first competition, and yes, it's exciting, it's fantastic, and if you win or you place on a on a podium. That's super awesome. Like, congratulations, you worked hard and you earned that, and uh, you should be proud. But don't be so proud that you wear your medal out into lunch and all this <laughs> stuff. So we're sitting, we're sitting, we go, our little group, you yeah. know, our little group is kind of, you know, between, uh, it was Brian and Tyler and that whole little crew yeah, that yeah. we've all been hanging out forever. Go to lunch, and sure enough, here comes a guy walking in with his, his medal on, in his gi or not in his gi, which would uh, not have shocked me, right? Dude, it would have been super cool if it was in a gi. Oh, it would have been so much better. But uh, not in his gi, but just walking around this metal on, and uh, we were, <laughs> yo, everybody that table's been training a long time, so he was like, really, this guy's wearing his metal around, and it's like, hey, it's cool. I mean, you're proud, but put the metal up, man. Like, yeah. what are you doing? So, dear white belt, like, I get it, but don't number. Okay, two things since you brought it up. Do you remember like years ago I sent you a picture of a guy at the movie theaters in his gi? And he was a third coast guy, as a matter of fact. I don't remember that. Man, I went to the movies years ago and I saw a, a third coast guy in yeah, his yeah. gi. It was a white belt, of course. In his gi at the movie theater. Like top and belt? Straight up top and belt tied and flip flops. <sighs> at the gi. And he was a third coast guy. And at the movie theater. And I was like, wow. Like I don't even have words for that. I was like, wow, so that, yeah. don't wear your gi outside the academy, uh, and if you win a medal, take a picture with it, and then put it in your bag, and move on with your day. Or, wear your gis in public, but just send us pictures, and then we'll post them up for you, because that would be awesome. Oh, God, now we're going to get... Best picture gets a private from this guy, alright? No. <laughs> you know, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something about the whole uh, medal thing as a white belt. Um... That tournament that I told you about was which which was technically my one of my first official tournaments. Yeah. I medaled. I think I came in second or something at the cop games. Drove back from Austin, went straight to the paintball field, and I had to show my business partners. I literally got out of the car wearing my medal, wore it from Austin all the way to Houston, drove straight to work just to show it to my guys, and they clowned me so hard that literally my feelings were hurt. They were like I wish you get that medal. How many people in your division? One or two? Or you were the only one that showed up? But it was just like, they destroyed me, dude. So I learned as a blue belt, like... Put your medal up. Put your fucking medal up. Like, nobody gives a shit. No, no, they don't. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've never been a big, like, that big... I remember my first first tournament we ever did, we were at Elite. And they had that tournament, that Elite run. I think it was called Animal. Yeah, the... And it was a big tournament. Like, it was everybody... Because it was, like, everybody... It wasn't that many... Jiu-Jitsu academies around, but pretty much all the Jiu-Jitsu academies came out to compete, and uh, 
I think I got I think I got second in Nogi. Uh, I think I was second to Nogi in my division and Nogi Absolute. Because I remember I went with this big dude, some MMA fighter. Oh, man. Like, everybody knew him. I didn't even know who he was until we started fighting. What was funny was, you know, his corner me was Damon, your buddy that you paid a private for. Uh, Ponder, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and uh, so he, I remember he was cornering me in that fight. But, uh, yeah, I got to, I beat two other guys to get to him. And Ali, I think his name was Ali. And he's just this big, it was worse. It's like he wore like a, like, a, like Josh Barnett. Uh, mm, yeah, those Valley Tudos. Valley Tudos, but short. Like, yeah, they're not even long. They were short like and no shirt. And uh, he had, like, all this meat on his... Yeah, he was, like, super yeah, hairy. Don't do that. Dude, that's the guy I had to fight for the finals. Uh, and uh, he beat me, like, on a couple points or something. Like, a couple takedowns. He just he just beat me. And uh, I just remember afterwards, like, we went to get our medals. And they were... I remember getting the medals. I didn't think, like... I don't know. I didn't care about the medals. I cared about like the, having fun competing. Yeah. And never getting the medal. Like I just threw it in my bag. But I remember seeing those guys walk around with it all the rest of the day, you know, primping. And they were, but they were from uh, West Side. Remember Katie West Side? Yes. Yeah, where? Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of a lot of ego. Talk about red flags at a gym. There's a lot of ego. That's enough. If you see all your guys pumping around with a lot of ego, man, to me that's a red flag. And so this, yeah, they were like that because they were an MMA gym too. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I remember they were pumping their chest out. This, I remember that guy Ali made a really crude comment. It really ugh, irritated. It's funny, actually. That it, it kind of bleeds into something I, I didn't think about till till now is rape culture in jujitsu. Because Josh Hinger made a really interesting post about about that just yesterday on his Instagram. Um, but yeah, these guys had that same mentality because they made a comment. It just really turned my stomach because he was like, "Hey, man, let's." Let's go get our let's go get our uh, medals and take our pictures with these hoes, and I was like, mm. "Are you fucking twelve? Like who talks like that, man?" It really it it just irritated me, and it, and I will talk about this next week maybe. But Josh Hinger made a really good post. He caught a screenshot of some guys talking about like a fan a girl a fan girl or some girl that trains jujitsu that liked their picture and left a comment, and they were talking about how they need to go run a train on her, mm-hmm. and he got a screenshot of it and posted it. He didn't leave the names on there, but he was putting it as a warning to girls, like, "Hey, these are, and they were black belts too. Uh, be aware of what these guys talk about you like and how their mentality is towards you. Yeah. Um, this is what's going on." And I thought it was huge of Josh Hinger to do that because he's a big name athlete, and yeah. high level guy. But it shows like integrity on his part to put that out there to warn women, like, "Hey, there's a lot of shitty ass black belts out there that are trying to take advantage of of their positions and, and, and whatever with women in jujitsu." So it was a really interesting thing. It's something we could talk about, uh, I think, next week. And it's a little heavy topic, but it's a yeah. it's kind of an important topic because we've seen it. Yeah. Right. I mean, we've seen it. We see it to this day. You see, you see that kind of shit going on, and uh, a lot of women in jujitsu don't realize. They think because a guy is a black belt or a brown belt or whatever that he has integrity. That he's yeah. got the integrity and and all this bullshit. And they don't. It, it's a fucking dude, just like any other dude. He just wears a black belt. Yeah. Right. That doesn't that doesn't give him integrity. So. Anyway. Well, that's a good one, man. We can definitely talk about it next week. Um, so remember, white belts, post up all your pictures, tag Bromos, and this guy, best uh, picture, he'll get you a private, 30-minute private, though, only. Th- no. <laughs>
Well, we're only going to get like five pictures because we've got like 150 followers. So I mean, five of those maybe send us, and it'll be five. It'll probably be our uh, uh, white belt crew. Yeah, that our, comes uh, in with the white belt wolf pack. That the comes white in. belt. Wolf no, pack. but see, here's the thing: it can't be like in an academy. Like it's got to be a unique picture where it's like. I'm just saying, those are the guys that are going to send us pictures. Yeah, you better be at Starbucks. I'll tell you what: if a guy goes to a gym like Lifetime or some other fitness gym in their gi and is lifting. fully lit and is lifting. And working out, I'll give that guy a private. Fuck yeah, Free there it private, is. 30 minutes. Come on, guys. Don't let me down. But first come, first serve. I'm not doing everybody that does it. <laughs> That's what she said. Hey, All right, let's get out of here, man. man. That was fun. <laughs> oh, jeez. That would be funny.